What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Linked Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we wanna remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. I have been wanting to share faith with the revelation that God has given me for years now. And I tell you, it just excites my heart. I believe two of the most important subjects in the New Testament are grace and faith in that order. And so let's look at our foundation text. We're going to continue with Faith Lives today. Today is part three. Let's look at our foundation text in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. It says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed. Now, we should ask, ask ourselves the question, in what? In what? And we'll, I'll show you that in a moment. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So notice we don't go from trouble to trouble, tragedy to tragedy. We don't go from works to works. We go from faith to faith. We go from trusting God to trusting God at a higher level. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Those that have been declared righteous and innocent, they live a certain way because they, are, they have so much faith in what God made them, it becomes very easy to live by faith. But the A portion of that verse says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. I would want to know what is the in it piece. Back up to verse 16, and it'll remind us. Verse 16 says, for I am not ashamed. That word ashamed there means to feel no shame. I am not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel there is the good message of Christ. Folks, I am not ashamed. I pray that you are not ashamed. That's right. And I'm getting ready to tell you why you don't need to feel any shame about this gospel or this good message of Christ. For it is the power. So the good message about Christ is the power of God. That word power there is dunamis. It is the miraculous ability of God. Folks, it's all in Christ. And the more we pe preach about Christ, the more that power will be released in our lives. It says here, of God to salvation, which is our package, soteria, means he'll rescue, deliver, cause us to be safe, health and wholeness for everyone who believes. Now, again, I would ask myself the question, who believes what? Believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. If you believe that today, just type in, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Let's demonstrate that we are not ashamed of that good message about Christ because it is the power, the miraculous ability of God through salvation. And it says, for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and then also the Greek or those that are without Christ. Now, one of the most common questions we're asked or that I'm asked is that, what do I need to do to receive the blessings of God? Pastor, how do I get more of the blessings of God in my life? Then it's usually followed up by this explanation. I've been praying. I've been reading my Bible. I've been going to church. I serve on the dream team. I pay my tithes but I can't seem to get God to answer my prayers. In that question and explanation is also the root of the problem. They have fallen into the trap of linking God's response to their performance. Mm. Their thinking is, I did that, 
Why didn't God do that? They, they have not properly understood the relationship between grace and faith. And that's our job is to make sure that you properly understand that relationship. Let's remind you all, grace by definition is a Greek word, charis. And it means graciousness. It means unearned, unmerited, undeserved. But I want to remind you, he wouldn't have did it if you didn't deserve it. What he's simply referring to here is that you did nothing to receive it. He did all of the work. All you needed to do was believe in the work that he did. Therefore, the good news is grace. Listen to this very carefully. Grace has nothing to do with you at all. Grace has nothing to do with you. Listen to this. Grace existed before you ever were born into the earth. That's right. That's right. Another way of saying this is grace is God's part. That's right. Grace is what God has already done yep. before we were a twinkle in our mama and daddy's eyes. You know, one thing that really set me free, and I was just thinking about that, is that there's a coin, there's a two-part coin to grace, and the other side is mercy. And I think a lot of times, for me anyway, and a lot of people that I know, I could not understand grace until I got past the mercy piece. So what does that mean? Grace we just learned and just heard is you're getting what you don't deserve. God's favor. He imparts to you the blessings. He says, my promises are yes and amen. But see, some of us can't get the grace because we haven't embraced the mercy. And mercy is, I did not get what I do deserve. When I messed up, I didn't have, God wasn't uh, sitting up in heaven with a, on his throne with a fly swatter waiting to smash me every time I messed up. I, when things don't go my way, it's not that they, I'm, my, my prayers aren't getting answered because of what I did. Well, maybe I didn't get healed because I was drinking. Or maybe I didn't get that house because I didn't pay my tithes. That's not how God operates. When we get a hold of we don't, we, God's goodness, his grace and his mercy allows us to access what he has promised us in that grace through faith. When we get past Listen, I don't have to take on, God is, Jesus did take on the punishment. For me. God's not waiting to punish me for something that I did. Once we can receive that, I know for me that was liberating. Once I saw, oh, I'm not in this perpetual payback of my sins from the past or present. Instead, he's giving me grace. Now, what does grace mean? You know, we, we, I mean, well, he just talked about what grace me- means, but let's talk about faith. Because those two go together. Grace and faith go together. We learn, just like what I just said, and Pastor Gregory just said, grace is God's part. Faith, the Greek word pistis, it means a firm persuasion, a moral conviction, an absolute trust, to be resolute, thoughtfulness, the truthfulness of God, resilience upon Christ, confident, assurance, belief, and obedience. See, when we believe something, when we've embraced something, when we trust something, we are dependent upon that truth, and we exist by that truth that we, that we, uh, that we possess. You know, there was an example a long time ago, a young lady was just convinced that another young lady did not like them. And, and, and every time the girl walked past him and the other woman didn't speak, you know, that's because she don't like me. 
or she didn't respond to something that uh, was going on, she don't like me. This girl had convinced herself that the other woman did not like her, did not want to befriend her, so she behaved in such a way that was sort of a standoffish to the other person because she convinced herself of that when it wasn't the case at all. The other woman just didn't know the person, didn't remember meeting them at some time because it was a bit, so we can convince ourselves of something that's true, but we can also convince ourselves of a lie. But whatever we choose to believe, we then adapt and function and behave in that belief. Faith, when we're talking about faith and grace, faith is the positive response to what God has already done by, in, in that grace. In other words, faith is your positive response. Faith is your part. It's your receptive response to what God has already done, the power he has already released, the promises that he's already said yes to. Faith only appropriates what God has already provided for you. So faith, foundationally, is what you do. Faith is your response. You say, I believe, I trust, I am firmly founded, I am committed, I am assured that God is good and he has declared me just by his mercy and the blood of Jesus. Therefore, I can receive and walk in all the stuff that he's given me, though I may not deserve it on my own merit. But because of Jesus' merit, do I get it? That's so good. So now, grace and faith, then they work together, but they must be in that order. That's right. If you put faith first, then you're going to make it all about you and what you do. If you put grace first, then you'll make it all about God and what he did, and then your faith simply responds to that. So I want you to think about it. If I believe that I need to do this by faith to get God to do that, I have a works mentality. That's right. I'm doing this to get healed. Then I'm legalistic. I'm operating by the law. I'm doing this to get him to do that. I'm operating by grace when I say I'm responding to the fact that God has already healed me. Therefore, I receive the healing he's already provided for me, and that response may include eating right, exercising, but I'm not doing those things to get healed. I'm responding to what I believe he already provided for me. That's right. Is everybody clear on that? That's right. I don't give my tithes to get blessed. I believe he already blessed me, That's right. and my response is to honor him with what he blessed me with. That's right. You all see the difference. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 as an opening text today. Ephesians chapter 2, let's read verses 1 through 10 as our opening text. It says here, and you he made alive. That word alive there, quickened in the King James Version, means to make alive who were dead in trespasses, side slips, unintentional faults, and sins. Do you remember when we just sinned? We didn't even think about it. We just woke up to think about what we can get into today. That's right. Oh, am I the That's only right. one like that? No. Boy, I can remember in college, man, that as soon as Thursday rolled around, it's like that call went out. Are you thinking or are you drinking this weekend? Which one? Because the weekend started on Thursday. You remember right. when you were just dead in your sins? That's right. And weren't even trying to live right. Somebody come to you talking about, hey, man, don't bring that Bible Jesus stuff over here right now. I am not ready. Anybody else in here know what I'm talking about? That's right. Come on, if you can relate to that, type in amen. I can remember when we were dead in our trespasses and our sins. And which, verse 2, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, this 
orderly arrangement of things, we all lived our lives according to the music we listened to, whatever we watched on television, the Who friends we hung out we with. Hung out with. Yep. Come on, somebody, the neighborhood that we live. All of us at one point in our lives lived our lives according to the course of this world, which is why we need to give our children a break. Mm. Stop acting like we didn't do some of the same stuff. Somebody ought to say amen right there. Right? And realize that the same way that God worked with us to get us to where we are right now, I mean, no, he'll be faithful to your children as well That's and right. work with them to get them where they That's need right. to be. Don't get in fear about that because we've all gone through our own processes. It says here, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That word prince there means chief or first in rank. So it's referring to Satan himself, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves. And if there's anyone out there right now trying to act like you came out of your parents' womb, praying in other tongues, filled with the Holy Ghost, praying three hours a day your entire life, come out of them right now in the name of Jesus. Because all of us come from something. I said all of us come from something. Ooh, yes, Lord. The, the Word of God would not lie here, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, an inordinate desire for what is forbidden. It's almost like if somebody said, don't do it, why? They just don't want me to have fun. Mm-hmm. They just trying to hold me back, right? Yep. Oh, you old, right? All of that kind of stuff, right? Right here, a lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Mm. Notice flesh and mind. Flesh is your thinking. Your mind is your imagination. Now, if you think about it, you always typically think of something wrong to do. Then you begin to imagine yourself doing it. So, in other words, you've already been there before you actually get there. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? I've already been to the party before I got to the party, right? I'm at, the, at home preparing for the party before I get to the party. Come on, I'm working on my dance moves. I'm thinking about who I might talk to. Come on, somebody, right? So it's, it, our thinking gets off. Then we get, begin to imagine ourselves doing wrong things. Well, the flesh also includes, though, the sensual nature. Mm-hmm. Talks about what feels good. Mm-hmm. What seems right, you know, if it if it's, it feels good, do it. If it feels good, do it. You know, you only live once. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, YOLO, it is what it is. So it appeals to that sensual nature. The lust of the flesh just basically says, if it feels good, let's do it, and we'll deal with the consequence later. Yeah, but when you marry, if it come feels on, come on, come on, come on, come on, right, come on. So now I lost my spot when you rubbed on my hand like that. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, that sin nature was in all of us, children of wrath, just as others. Mm. We're all born with that sin nature. I remember when our kids were small, they were never taught this. Now, you just sat there and watched, the, watched whichever one color on the wall. You come around <laughs> the corner, right? Did you color on that wall? No. Nope. And they know they're wrong right when they answered. 
Yep. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Because it's that sin nature that we were all born with. But I love verse 4 right here. I want you all to forget about everything I just said up to this point. Because verse 4 says, but God. But God. Man, you can cancel out everything else right there. I'm so glad I had a but God experience. Somebody ought to type in, but God. That's Come on, right. if it was not for God and the goodness of God, I don't want to think about where I would be. Come on, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, because I remember where I came from. But God, who is rich in mercy, that word mercy there means compassion. It's what my wife was describing earlier. I'm so glad he didn't give me what I deserve. That's right. Man, listen, if I could not stand up here and minister or pastor today if God gave me what I deserve. Somebody ought to thank God for his mercy right now. Yes. Somebody ought to thank God yes. that he has been compassionate towards you. Come on, let's all lift our hands right now. Yes, Father, and let's thank, thank our wonderful mercy, Father for not for giving goodness. us what it is that yes, we deserve. Father, thank pity, you Father. for loving me so much and not giving me what I deserve. Thank you for having so much compassion on me. Yes. Gracing me to be that I'm the man that I am today. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise for. Yes. I'm not what you desire for me to be, Father, but I'm certainly not what I used to be. Yes. Thank you for continuing to work with me and help me to become more and more conformed into the image of your son. That's right. Amen. Amen. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which with which, which he loved us, not just a, a love, but he had a great love for us. And I want to show you something here. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, God had a great love for us. Mm -hmm. I need to say that slow. God didn't wait on you to receive his son to love you. That's right. That's God right. had a great love for you while you were sinning. And we need to understand, we need to afford that to other people, right? That's the right. same way that God loved us while we were in our sins, why can't we love people when they are in their sin? That's right. That's this right. is why people don't want to deal with church, because church judges people too much. Remember from the previous messages, God did not call us to convict people of their sins. He called us to convince them that Christ died for them and that he loves them unconditionally. That's right. And here's a great verse for that. While we were dead in our trespasses, he had a great love for us. He didn't wait on us to get our lives together to love us. He loved us, and that's what made us want to get our lives together. It says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. That's right. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Notice what it didn't say. It did not say by faith you have been saved. It said by grace you have been saved. And he's going to, he says that three different times in this entire text. By grace you have been saved. You've been delivered, protected, healed, and made whole. Notice you have been. That's past tense, folks. I'm trying to change your thinking. If you still think you're trying to get something, then that's works. That's right. The moment you accepted Christ, he already made you something. And you need to believe that, that you're healed right now, that you're preserved right now, that you've been made whole right now, that you have victory right now. 
Put all of your stock in that because that's what faith does. So by grace, you have been saved, past tense, delivered, protected, healed, and made whole, and raised up together. See, folks, we all started way down here. Once we accepted Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, he brought us way up here. That's right. You are way up right now. You are so blessed. If you ever, if God just opened your spiritual eyes for you to see what he's already provided for you, it would blow your mind. The problem is we still think we need to do something to get him to do something. That's right. Instead of realizing he's already done something for me and respond to it by faith. I don't care what you're going through right now. I don't care what life is throwing at you. You could have lost your job. If you will see yourself the way he sees you, he'll bring you way up better. You'll have a better job than than the one that you lost. That's That's just what faith does. Have confidence in that, reliance in that, total trust in that. So he's raised us up together. That means to be in company with, with resemblance to, and to rise with. And made us sit together in heavenly places. That phrase means to give or to take a seat in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to make this as plain as I possibly can today. You see yourself here, God sees you here. You see yourself based on what life is throwing at you right now. He sees you above everything that life is trying to throw That's at you right. right now. You see yourself trying to get COVID. He sees you as COVID is impossible for you to get it. Trust me, folks. He made provisions for COVID before COVID ever showed up. That's right. Or he wouldn't be God. Come on, I need a little bit more faith in this room right now. COVID-19 did not catch God off guard. That's right. God nailed COVID-19 up on the cross, up, up against the cross. When he was beating Christ with those stripes, how I many know COVID-19 was one of the things that he took care of? That's right. I, I need at least an ounce of faith in this room in here today. I'm actually not concerned at all about catching it. I wouldn't care how close I got to it. I would be more concerned about them getting healed, getting close to me, than me catching COVID, getting close to them. Come on, somebody. I need a little bit more faith in the room today. That's right. Right? And so anytime it's something that you believe you're trying to get him to do or you want him to do, it's works. It's grace when you believe he's already provided it for you. That's right. It's a big difference, folks. We're not trying to, to, to get the 30 acres, 33 acres. Guess what? How are we responding? We're saving today for what we believe he's already provided for us tomorrow. That's right. That's right. Oh, Jesus. That's right. All right. Adam Clark explained it this way, raised up together with Christ. He says, because of his resurrection, we have a right to the kingdom of God. We have a right to that. We're talking about authority. I have a right. I'm not being legalistic here. I have a right to be whole. I have a right to be protected. I have a right, not because of anything that I, I've done, but because of everything that he did. It's in him. I have a right for all of my needs to be met. In him. And that is not nothing but, but that blesses him for me to have that attitude about what he's already provided right. for me. Adam Clark also goes on to say that we have a right to anticipate his glory. 
We have a right to be undescribably happy in the possession of his salvation and in our fellowship with Christ Jesus. You have a right to live in joy all the days of your life, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, regardless of what comes against you, you know that your good God will ultimately bring you out of it every single time. Keep a marker there and go to Hebrews chapter 10, and let's look at this another way from verse 6, Ephesians 2, 6. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Keep a marker in, in Ephesians chapter 2. We'll come right back there. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 through 14 say this. But this man, who are we talking about? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. But this man, that's going to take faith to respond to this level of grace. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. He's done, folks. That's right. Every sin that has ever been committed has already been forgiven. This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, watch this now, sat down at the right hand of God. Folks, he's done. He's done working. I'm waiting on Christ. Christ's waiting on you. Yes. Christ is sitting down, right, which means he ceased from his labor. And the moment we receive Christ, we should cease from our labors. Right? Faith is about resting in what God has already provided through Christ. Right? So notice, he sat down at the right hand of God. What we read in verse 6 is where we are positionally, spiritually with him right now. Folks, and if he's finished, then we're finished. I don't have to work for anything. All I've got to do is receive what he's already provided. And respond by faith. And respond by faith. That's right. Watch this. For that time... From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. His so, three primary enemies are poverty, sickness, and death. So who is responsible for making his enemies his footstool? We are. We are. We are here to remind the enemy what Jesus did on that cross over 2,000 years ago. We, we sang about being on the battlefield. The battlefield is reminding the enemy by standing in faith, fighting the good fight of faith, reminding the enemy that you are defeated. You are under my feet. You are here to serve, and you are here under me, and I am the authority over you. So, so when COVID-19 comes knocking on your door, you resist that by faith. And you say, oh, no, 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 you will not attach yourself to my body. Christ paid the price for this over 2,000 years ago. And by his stripes, I am healed. COVID-19, you must die now in Jesus' name. Every virus that touches my body dies instantly in the name of Jesus. And you resist that. When poverty comes knocking on your door, you say, oh, no, 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 no. He paid for my poverty over 2,000 years ago. I have a right to have a job. I have a right to start a business. I have a right to be debt-free. I have a right to own my home. I have a right to own my transportation. Folks, we are living way below the privileges that Christ has already provided for us. Let me go ahead and get through this. For we are, uh, verse uh, 12 here, for by one offering he has perfected forever. Forever, 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 
forever. There's nothing you can do to be holier than what he made you. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. But let's read the rest of that verse. Those who are being sanctified. Mm. Now, that's your part. See, he perfected you forever. That's grace. That's his part. The being sanctified is your part. When you realize what he made you, it should drive you away from things that don't look like him. Amen. That's right. Are you all listening? That's right. Go back to Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm going to come on down so you can shift over. Let's pick it back up at verse 7. That in the ages to come, Ephesians 2, 7, he might show, and he's just talking about in all the generations to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us, watch this now, in Christ Jesus. I hope you all catch this. He's doing this for Christ Jesus. That's right. And as long as we're in Christ, we get all the benefits of That's that. That's right. I hope you all caught that. There's nothing you can do that makes you special <laughs> but receive Jesus Christ and all that he's provided for you. So he's always going to show us the exceeding riches of his grace in Christ Jesus. So as long as we're in Christ Jesus, we will always experience the exceeding riches of his grace. And I love this in verse 7 here. Again, he says it again. For by grace you have been saved through faith. So again, it's by grace through faith. Somebody ought to put that in. Let's reiterate that. Let's lock that in. It's by grace through faith. It's not any other way. Grace comes first. It's by grace through faith. Everything in the kingdom operates this way. By grace through faith you have been saved that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. Not of works lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Every good parent always provides a good life for their children ahead of time. They don't wait to have children to start preparing. I'm talking about good parents, right? Good parents prepare ahead of time. Are you all listening? Now, how many you know God is the best parent that ever lived? That's right. Which means if he is who we think he is, everything that we already need, he's already provided. Amplified reads 9 and 10 this way. Not as a result of your works nor your attempts to keep the law has nothing to do with what you do so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation. Look at verse 10, amplify. For we are his workmanship, his own master work, a work of art. Why are you trying to improve? You cannot improve on what God made you to be. Listen, you don't have to change your hair, your eyes, none of that. You are a masterpiece just the way he created you. Now, if you want to do those things, praise God. But, but you can't really improve on the work of art that you currently are. And when you begin to see yourself as a work of art, other people will see you the way that you see yourself. Right. That's right. And it's so empowering to know that when God made me, he broke the mold. That's right. And he said, I got to start all over again because I can't improve on what I did with Joel Gregory. That's right. And you learn to embrace what he made you yeah. and the way that he sees you, and other people will begin to embrace the way he made you and the way that he sees you. I love this here, Amplify. Created in Christ Jesus, re reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and ready to be used. That's so good. For, for good, good works. works. Watch this. Which God prepared for us 
beforehand, taking paths which he set. The steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered by the Lord. Just something about when you see yourself as righteous, you just supernaturally end up taking paths that, that he set up for you, and you end up in places that he desired for you to be. Such a beautiful thing, right? So that we could walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Somebody ought to say, God prepared a good life for me to live. Yes, God prepared a good life for me to live. And all you need to do is come up to where he put you. That's and right. trust me, if your faith will begin to respond to that, you'll see your life just continue to go from one level to the next level. Folks, there are levels to this. So whatever level you are on right now, if you'll just see yourself the way Christ has made you, watch yourself begin to rise to the level of everything that he's already provided for you. Last thing, sometimes we read a passage from Scripture and it's so familiar that we don't stop and think about what it's really saying. So in this verse, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, a profound truth is being declared. And I don't want you all to miss this because everything that we're going to talk about, there's seven things we want to get in you. It's all based off of this truth. It says we are saved by grace through faith. Notice this, it's not one or the other. It's we are saved by grace through faith. Think of it this way. Again, grace is what God does. Faith is what you do. And it takes both of those working together in order for us to manifest all that God has already provided for. That's right. You know, going back to what you were reading in, in verse 10 of Ephesians 2 in the Amplified, you know, a lot of people, the question I get a lot is people want to know God's will for their life. I need to know my purpose. I need to know what God's plan for me is. And, you know, when you're in Christ and I'm waiting for God to tell me whether I can go do this or whether I can go do that or should I do this and should I go forward, should I move back, should I, and, and they want God to download an answer but when you're righteous and you see yourself as just you can make a decision and God will back that is that decision because you are in him so whether it's to take the job in Texas or take the job in, in Florida it's a matter of you praying it out getting peace and he'll follow and he'll back that so good you know, we have our purpose class being taught on today. A lot of us just don't want to be honest with who we are, and we haven't yet learned and, and, and dug into how we're programmed. So if you haven't already done it, take the class today, the next steps class number three today. We're going to be talking, they're going to be talking about purpose. How are you wired? Who are you? Let's dig into that first, and then you can attach that to God's identity in you. And then whatever God says, he says, man establishes the plans, but it's God who orders the steps. Once you get that downloaded into you, then that's when he said, whatever you put your hands to, it will prosper. So good. So sitting around waiting all this time for God to give me an answer. He didn't give you the answer. You have to step out in faith trusting that you are just and that he is going to back what is that what you're that you're doing in him yeah. amen seven truths we're only going to cover one today because this is some good deep and information that we would like to exhaust as much as possible so we're going to be talking about seven truths of faith living how does faith live number one it is not a sin sin is not the problem sin is not the problem. I said it. Yes, I said it. Sin is not the problem. 
and come right into your house. I don't care if you are lying with somebody that you're not married to in your bed looking at us right now. God still aims to bless you and to show you a good life. He loves you in your mess. I don't care if you're smoking, hitting something right now. He is looking to bless you, and he is the most high. You ain't going to get no higher than him. He's not counting your sins. He's counting what Jesus did to cover and wash those sins. Acts chapter 16. Now, let's, let's cover something, though. I thought it important to understand what sin is. We say the word sin all the time, and people just think that it, I just did something bad. Sin can start from just not doing what he told you to do all the way to criminal offenses. That's what sin is. From him, you just not obey. He might have just... Missing the mark. Just, it just means literally missing the mark. But it also covers moral offenses and trespasses, errors. So, Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 34. Now, yeah, it says here, now we're talking about <clears throat> these two dudes. These two dudes, they, Paul and Silas, they messed around and got saved. And then they became really excited and decided to trust God. And in trusting God, where do they end up? In jail. jail. They ended up in jail trusting God, believing God, doing God's will, preaching his gospel, healing many and sick, and letting it be known that Jesus is Lord. And they are in jail. Will you get persecuted for following God? Yes. Yes. Will you suffer wrongfully for following God? Yes. Yes. Will you have to deal with stupidity and foolishness in your pursuit of God? Yes. Will people talk about you because of your relationship with God? Yes. Will they try to put you in a prison and tell you what you can't do, how you can't act, what you can't say because you're following God? Yes. But then it goes on to say, at midnight, Paul and Cyrus were praying and singing hymns to God. Tell them where at, Acts 16, 25. Yeah, I said Acts 16, 25 through uh, 34. Now, you will suffer and deal with things in following God, but God is faithful. Mm-hmm. And when you've done all that you can do, Sometimes when it seems it's the darkest in that midnight hour, when you can't find the path, you can't find the way, you can't figure it out, you don't have the answer, you've you spent everything in your bank account, you prayed and you fast, you've done whatever you knew to do in, in your pursuit and in your response to faith, in your response in faith to God's grace. You know, you're hearing this, and I, and, and I know this. I know this is going on right now. I hear what you're saying, Pastor Gregory, Pastor Trish. But I got COVID, and I I believe God, and I just trusted that I wouldn't get it. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It may come on you, but it doesn't have to take you out. But, but, But Pastor Gregory and Pastor Trish, my loved one died of COVID. Well, when you're in Christ, death is just the doorway to your faithful lover. Death has no sting. He says that he is One day for him is like a thousand years for us. And in the blink of an eye, he says, precious is the death of his saints. So let those words comfort you if you're dealing with that, whether it was COVID, cancer, whatever. So then he says at midnight, I was saying that sometimes in your darkest hour, when you've done everything that you could do, (laughs) uh, the, the simplest and most profound and powerful response in faith is just praying and praising God. 
when there's nothing left for you to do, sometimes you just need to lift up your hands and praise God and pray and just let him know that I thank you for even if this is what it is, that you have given me the ability to get through it, yeah. that you're still, still glorified in, your, in, in, in me, that your light still shines through me, and that I'm still a vessel. Even while in prison, you still are able to use me to fulfill your will and declare your glory in the earth. So good. Look, if I can insert, many people out there are waiting on the vaccine. I, what I want to tell you all today is he gave us the vaccine over 22,000 years ago. And let's all take it right now. Lift your hands right now to the Father. And I just want you to say these words with me. Let's take our vaccine. Say, Father God. Father God. I thank you. I thank that you. Every form that every form of sickness and disease, sickness and disease was nailed to the cross. Was nailed to the cross. And Father God. Father God, I believe, I believe by Jesus stripes, by Jesus stripes, I am healed, I am healed and made whole, and made whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say this by faith. Say I receive, I receive healing, healing, health, health and wholeness, and wholeness now. Now, now just go Jesus ahead and thank name. God for it. Best yes, vaccine hallelujah. you could ever take in your life. Yes. Best vaccine you could ever take in your life. Daily, thank God for what you have instead of accounting for what might be. So then, and it says here that they, sang, they were praying and singing hymns to God. In other words, they were celebrating God in prison. Mm -hmm. And then it says, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, you know, you could just imagine, you've seen it before where someone was just acting out of character. Someone was just irate. Someone might have just been a little, uh, 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 a little out of tune for the environment, you know? It's a quiet, solemn moment. Someone comes in and says, hey, how's everybody doing? It's so great to see you today. You ever been in a situation like that or someone's just acting just like, what's wrong with him? Because the environment did not call for someone else's behavior. But Paul and Silas, they didn't care. Yeah. See, they, they, they didn't care. So when it says here, and it, it was interesting to me that it noted that the prisoners were listening to them. King James said that the prisoners heard them. So whether it was they were listening to them as in to celebrate and praise God with them and to chime in on the songs, or whether it was them saying, what's wrong with them? They are crazy. What, what's going on with them? Regardless of what it was, it was a public demonstration where they stepped outside of who they were and what they looked like in front of other people, and they just, uh, they just lived for an audience of one. That's good. There are times where you got to step outside of what people think they see and be, stop being so concerned about what people might think and just live for that audience of one. Will, that, will that, those people think you are, what's wrong with them? I remember when I first got saved and I, I said, no, I can't go do that. They were like, what's wrong with you? Because I was the ringleader. My husband, he was the ringleader. Like, oh, who's buying the jack today? Who's on? And then all of a sudden, I'm not the one. And they were like, what happened? What's wrong with you? She done lost her mind. It's a phase. Listen, live for that audience of one and watch him level you up. Yeah. 26, verse 26 of Acts chapter 16. It says here, suddenly. Now, we concentrate a lot on that suddenly, but let's dig a little bit deeper. There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loose. Yes, suddenly there was a suddenly. Yeah, we want to say the suddenly and, and everything changed, but mind you, it changed by looking bad. Suddenly there was an earthquake, 
Ain't nothing pleasant about an earthquake. Ain't nobody rejoicing saying hallelujah in the midst of an earthquake. But God is the one who says that he'll make all things work together for good for those that love him and are called according to what? His purpose. So though it may look bad in your life, maybe he walked out on you. Maybe you don't have the money. Maybe they're saying you're losing the house. Just know and understand that that might be the earthquake to loose your chains so that you can walk in the liberty that he's afforded you in Christ Jesus. Good, it's good, good. And so then it says that not only did it benefit Paul and Silas, but it says here, everyone's chains were loosed. See, you don't know who's looking at you. While you might look crazy, while you may seem kind of off balance or off kilter, while you may seem to be, you know, sort of out there, someone's watching you and they are accounting you as faithful and God's dealing with them internally. And then in doing so, not only do you get set free, but there's many a people who heard you that are being set free as well. Verse 27, and the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. This dude was about to commit suicide because he was more afraid of what his superiors were going to do to him. You know, I, I, yeah, I would have just ran off. <laughs> Deuces. Verse 28. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do no harm to yourself, for we are all here. We are all here. See, there's a, there's, a situ there's, there's, there's a season where you might seem like you're in a situation you don't like, but it's out of necessity and it's out of choice, not out of bondage. Think about it, babe. There's so much in that. Most of us, if they put us in jail, and then all of a sudden, everybody's chains are loosed, and I got a shot at them. I mean, most of us are going to say, hold on, man, don't do yourself no harm. Typically, human nature is to try to harm people who harm us, mm -hmm. right? Hurt people who hurt us. But Paul's response was one of love. That's right. That's interesting. That's a faith response. And mind you, it's not like he was in jail with other prisoners that were out doing what he was doing. Mm -hmm. He was in jail with hardened criminals. Mm -hmm. The impoverished. Mm -hmm. And Paul was out getting people saved. Paul was out getting people saved. So when the chains opened, when the doors opened and their chains were loosed, and I understand Paul and Silas say, we are still going to stay here. But just imagine him having to talk in his, pre, in the pre, pre, uh, his predetermined actions that were praying and praise and worship. Then all of a sudden everything's loosed, and these other criminals who deserve to be there decide not to leave. Mm. So God is at work in this situation. God is working in this situation even though there's no, there's no exhaustive explanation. Anyway. So let's do this. So we're going to unplug right here because we won't be able to do this ah. justice that it needs to be done. That's why it's so beautiful. We've got nothing but time to finish all of this stuff, right? And so once she would have got more into that story, you would have saw that Paul never brought up their sin. Paul never brought up what they did wrong. Paul never brought up anything but the fact that they could give their lives to Christ. We're trying to encourage someone today that God is not waiting right. on you to get yourself together for you to get saved. That's right. God actually wants to save you right where you are so that you can get your life together. In fact, you can't get your life together. You can't get it together on your own without Christ. 
which is why he said while we were yet dead in our trespasses he had a great love for us he had a great love for us and he still paid the price mm -hmm. so wherever you're watching from right now we're not talking about what you're doing we're not talking about how you're living we're not talking about what you did last night we're not even talking about what you're doing right now only thing we're talking about is a man and a God that loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son yes. to address everything that you're dealing with. God is not waiting on you to ask him to forgive you. God forgave you over 2,000 years ago. There's nothing going on in your life right now that God has not already made provisions for you to get where it is you're desiring to go. The only thing you need to do today is make a decision. That's right. And so we want to encourage you and encourage your heart today. God is a good God. And he loves you with an everlasting love. Let's not focus on anything else but God and how much he loves you and what he's provided for you. So if you're watching right now and you want to make the best decision you could ever make with your life, and that is to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and all that it is that he's provided for you, we want to pray with and for you today. Maybe you're saying, Pastor, I am saved. But I got caught up in that works mentality. I just, I got exhausted and frustrated. And I just, I gave up on the church. I gave up on God. I just gave up and I went back out into the world. But this was so liberating for me today. This was so encouraging for me today. I want to rededicate. I want to come back to Christ. I want to get my life back right with him. Remember, he's not trying to get back right with you. You're getting back right with him. He loves you just the way that you are. So if you're that person today, you're watching this broadcast, you want to give your life to Christ or you want to come back to Christ, if you would, right where you're at right now, just lift one hand towards heaven, and I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say these words with me by faith. Respond by faith to God's grace in terms of what he's provided. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe, I believe that, Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Is the Son of I God. Believe I believe that He died, that he died rose, from the grave, rose from the grave, and He is alive, right, is now. alive right now. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus come, into my heart come into my heart and save me now. Save me now. As, a result As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth, what I, confess with my what mouth, I believe in my heart, what I, believe in my heart I, am right now, I am right now born again. Born again and all my sins, all my sins are, forgiven. are forgiven in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Praise God. Can we just rejoice in this building right now? Can Hallelujah. we just thank God? We all believe with all of our hearts that someone prayed that prayer sincerely today. And if that's you, I just want you to listen. I want you to do the kingdom of God, the greatest thing that you could do. We want to encourage you to take your next step right now. Do it by faith. Respond to what God has already provided for you through that prayer that you just prayed and take your next step. God loves you so much. If you would, just follow the information that is on the screen right now, and we have a ministry team that will follow up with you and help you uh, understand what it is that God has already provided for you through that salvation. If you want to join and be a part of Linked Up Church today, follow the information that's on your screen as well. Maybe you're on a device and all you can type in, uh, all you can do is type in, I prayed that prayer sincerely from my heart. Would you type that in right now? I prayed that prayer sincerely from my heart. And again, we have a ministry team that will follow up with you. 
Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend, and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.